technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution. A culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and driving the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. Today I'm being joined by Joe Salgado of Red Team Consulting. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to gathering your thoughts around T4NG2 um, and looking forward to um, your perspective on where we stand today. So tell me, what are your general thoughts on the recently released draft VA's T4NG2? Well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's been an exciting beginning of the new year. Lots of activity on uh, government-wide acquisition contracts and IDIQs. And uh, this one is probably on the forefront of uh, our minds as well as most industries right now because it's, uh, it's a major departure from the way that uh, Veterans Affairs has competed this contract in the past. Uh, just a little history lesson that uh, was originally called T4, um, which was a 10-year contract um, that had both SDVOSB as well as uh, unrestricted awards. Um, and that ran for 10 years. And then there was the tech, uh, T4 Next Generation or T4NG, which was uh, competed around eight years ago and um, had uh, probably around 30 awardees overall, and then had a ramp on around three years ago that was competed with another set of small business or services-enabled veteran-owned small business uh, awardees. Um, that went through around a year of protests uh, after the award, and uh, so those contracts, uh, the ramp on contracts have only been active around a year now. Um, what's happening with T4NG2 is that uh, there was a ceiling set on that original T4NG contract, and uh, VA is quickly approaching that uh, ceiling. And I think it's in the twenty, the twenty-five billion dollar range that the ceiling was. Um, and uh, they have to recompete this early. Um, so I think they were notified. They asked for a ceiling increase, uh, from what I understand, and. Uh, they were not granted that ceiling increase, which we're also seeing also with uh, GSA's Alliant 3 uh, competition that's going on uh, at the same time right now. Um, and so they are having to recompete this early. And uh, we got word of that late last year and that a draft was coming and that this was going to switch to a scorecard competition. Um, with those previous uh, iterations, there was management, technical, as well as uh, past performance write-up, uh, traditional uh, 15 to 25-page uh, write-ups, as well as three sample task orders in T4NG, as well as in T4NG2, or at T4NG ramp-on, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, what they've done is they have completely um, changed this RFP for T4NG2 to a pure scorecard approach. So um, in the initial draft that came out, I think right around New Year's, um, 
it was interesting because uh, what is in there is still pretty much the same scope of work uh, that was uh, in prior iterations, but it's now going to be uh, evaluated through scoring. And it uh, looks like 10 task areas are still in place, as, but there are going to be, uh, as in most scorecard, there's going to be 10 REPs or relevant experience projects that are required, and um, you get points for uh, relevance to task areas as well as size and value, and then some of the scope underneath it. So it's, uh, from my view of it, um, it looks like an amalgamation in some ways of, C- of CIOS before, of Alliant 2 small business, which was canceled, as well as uh, Polaris in terms of the way that they've constructed the scorecard element of this. Um, but um, there are things that I don't see that have been in uh, previous T4NG contracts, one of which is veterans experience um, or veteran affairs experience. There is no evaluation points given to anybody for that. Um, and in prior iterations of T4NG, the level of experience uh, because if you're getting uh, the, each one of the REPs gets the most value for a special draft fees um, if it's over $30 million um, that was not a requirement of previous versions of T4MG so there's some differences in the way and it could lead to differences in who gets awarded the contract at the end of the day so when I was at the T4MG 2 happy hour uh, last month there was a lot of chatter about the differences between these two solicitations or the draft compared to what originally came out. Um, the thought was, or the concern was, how are companies going to show innovation if there's no sample task order that they have to respond to uh, or challenge that they have to respond to as they have in the past? Talk to me a little bit more about that and um why the community is concerned for that. Yeah, the, it's, it's akin to, um, when you're playing a game, if you, we're recording this day after the Super Bowl, we all know the rules of, uh, of, of football. There's a kickoff, there's first down, second down, third down, fourth down. This is as if they just said, okay, we're only going to do two downs. There's not going to be kickoffs and we're going to have flags instead of tackle. Um, strategies are going to have to change uh, based on this. Um, the sheer number of experiences that are required at this point are uh, are challenging probably for some small businesses. If you are a small business with $30 million in annual revenue, which is what a small business is defined as with the NAICS code on this, um, having the number of REPs or relevant experience projects required for this is going to be very difficult to do. So teaming is going to be required. Uh, teaming in prior uh, versions of this were uh, was required to show that innovation that you asked about. Um, having the ability to do cloud computing and or um, let's call it uh, software development. And if you are a small business prime that is more uh, is more in software development, but didn't play in the cloud or didn't do um, certain other things, you would bring in a team member to make sure that you had the most robust 
response to that sample task order. Whereas with this, you are going to be teaming in the same way that you were teaming for CIOS before is how do I get the maximum number of points? Um, it might not mean that you work well together. It means that you can put together the best hand of cards that can get you the most points for this actual bid. So innovation in and of itself is not really an evaluation factor that I can get to here. Um, it's You might have a team that has all the pieces and parts here, but there's nothing here that says innovation in terms of purity as, as in a subjective task order response uh, evaluation. So, Joe, do you believe that this draft achieves VA's stated desire to evaluate this in a quick and efficient manner? Well, that <laughs> that will have to be determined when they come out with their next draft. Um, as I stated before, they are kind of dealing with uh, events that have happened since end of last year, um, knowing that they have to have this competed quickly and efficiently. Um, they are doing what they have available to them. Um, I, we have seen a lot of, um, we have seen this language or heard this language before when it comes to um, uh, RFPs that need to be evaluated uh, in an efficient manner. We've heard it uh, when NITAC was uh, stating that they didn't have enough people to evaluate a written proposal, so they switched to a scorecard. Um, we've uh, heard that uh, from GSA with uh, Alliance. Um, in some cases, it's gone somewhat quicker, but in other cases, we could probably argue that it hasn't gone quicker. Um, the what's ha- What I see happening in the industry is scorecards are a they are a binary way of looking at things. But what happens here is that there has to be a, is this relevant or not discussion? And the way that everybody has to do that is through the existing um, mechanisms that are in place. One of which is uh, the federal procurement data system or FPDF. Um, every contracting officer contracting officers use that differently or they input their information into that differently. So in some cases, contractor A might have the right information in their FPDS report for their relevant experience project, but contractor B might not. And that's not of any fault of that, of either of those contractors, but it's just what is. Um, same thing with uh, North American industry standard codes um, or NAICS codes that everybody talks about. Those were those are not meant to be a scorecard element. They were not designed for scorecards. They were designed to determine what a small business was and what uh, and if different classification goes are. Uh, but they are all being used as evidence in the scorecard element. So, in terms of the efficiency of this, VA has to be very careful and um, game plan really the way that they are designing this right now to be uh to withstand what happens in a protest. We're talking about a 10-year contract. They've they've also increased their uh ceiling from 22 billion or uh, in the mid 20 billions to over 60 billion dollars for this new contract. That attracts a lot of attention. There will only be 30 awardees. So what happens in that with those two elements of pressure is that 
a lot of people, a lot of contractors get very interested in this contract very quickly. And what's happening right now is everybody is figuring out the best way to maximize their scores. So it's inherent on the VA, on VA to actually look at their scorecard and look at all the what ifs that might happen in the way that they've developed the scorecard. A few things that I've seen is that they're asking for a lot of uh, relevant experience projects. Tenant relevant experience projects is going to be difficult for them to evaluate. They have not put any limits on teaming. Um, small businesses can use first-tier subcontractors and use their experience very easily using the SBA regulations that have changed recently. And men are protege joint ventures and joint ventures are all in play right now. There's no limits on the numbers from mentors versus uh, joint ventures. So there's a lot of ways that you can maximize scoring. So if a client asks me what's the score that has to be in there, and I know that we'll talk about this next week when we do the presentation, it's going to have to be really high uh, because 30 awards, 15 for SDVOSBs and 15 for unrestricted means that you have to be in the highest levels and hitting these high levels to be able to even bid on this. Wow. So it's going to be crazy competitive. It's going to be competitive, and but at the same point, there will also be lots of questions. One thing that came out of the industry day uh, last week was that on just the first draft, there was over 1,200 questions. Oh, so <laughs> so uh, what's going to happen here is uh, the ability to be quick and efficient is also going to be combated by, if it's not clear and binary, the questions are going to increase. So that efficiency goes away the, the, the more questions that are presented by what uh, what what VA puts up. Wow. Joe, clo- in closing, final thoughts? Uh, looking forward to seeing what we see tomorrow. Um, I think if uh, I'm hoping to see some changes, I'm hoping to see some simplicity in what they're asking for. Those 10 REPs that have to be separate uh, and distinct orders, all 10 of them, uh, if you're asking for a small business or an FCDOSB uh, that's under $30 million to have 10 different REPs that are over $30 million, I think that's a high number to be asking for. Um, and um, But with men and protege rules, you can definitely see all it. it they could see all SCDOSB men and protege joint venture awards with the way that they uh, have this set up right now. So no single entity SDBOSB might be able to win this. Um, so some rules around uh, teaming, some rules around um, the types of uh, REPs that can be provided, and some, some, some simplicity. Right now there's different levels of uh, requirements, and I think that's going to be very difficult for the VA to evaluate as well. Um, and so uh, if they're looking for quick and efficient, uh, simplifying this scorecard might help them. Um, or also reverting back to their old RFP could also be another step. Um, so there's uh, there's a multitude of options in front of them. Uh, and I don't envy them because being asked to do, do something very quickly is never pleasant uh but uh but yeah this is of high interest 
from a lot of, uh, of contractors right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. Thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit www.fedhealthit.com and click the Listen to Fed Health IT for this and the rest of our shows. Or check us out on your favorite podcasting platform.